Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I'm always growing and expanding the podcast, variety of guests, doing different things on the cutting edge and sharing those. And so today I'm really happy to have Coben Selberg. And he's actually um, a lawyer. He's an MD, JD. And he's been on a number of platforms, including Kevin MD, and I'm happy to get him on the podcast and it's going to be a great discussion. Thank you so much for having me today, Chris. Yeah, I know. Uh, so tell um, you know the audience about your background, your story, and we'll get started. All right. That sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, the, the medicine and law thing is a little interesting. It's way back when I was a philosophy major in college and really enjoyed it and had one of my philosophy professors really encourage me to think about law school in addition to med school. And, you know, this was like two decades ago when it just wasn't as common. And I started med school and my deans knew I was interested in it, but I, I sat down with one of my deans and said, you know, I'm really still interested in about in going to law school. I'm still interested in doing policy and other things. And she said, sure. And I remember this moment because I was like, oh, crap. Like I actually have to go do it now. Um, so I took I took a three-year leave of absence uh, between my second and third year of med school. Went to law school at UPenn, came back and finished medical school um, in Utah. And then I actually ended up back at Penn for my anesthesia residency in large part because of my time and experience in Philadelphia during law school. I started my career in academic anesthesia out in Portland really enjoyed it and pretty quickly started seeing that residents were literally desperate to learn about personal finance, Um, not just investing, but like, what the heck do we do with all of our student loans? What do we, you know, like, do I really need to get insurance? All that sort of stuff. And uh, I started teaching some classes to the residents, both in the operating room, but there was um, a CFP, a certified financial planner who worked for the university who's awesome. I'm still friends with him today. And he started teaching these courses with me to the students and the residents and they love them. And Justin is my friend. He made the mistake. He's like, you should think about doing financial advising or financial planning. And so a couple of years ago, I, um, I started working on my CFP and got registered to start doing financial planning for other anesthesiologists. So that's how I got here. Yeah. It's interesting. We know, uh, like we were talking backstage and 
Yeah, we need. Uh, I'm glad they have MDs, JDs, and MD MBAs and MD PhDs because uh, we need different perspective in this, you know, kind of uh, bureaucratic healthcare systems. And uh, what what's interesting is, so you you're founder of Greedly Wealth Management, and you talk about uh, occupation disability insurance makes all the difference to high earning workers. You know, kind of tell us, you know, those stories and you know what. Sure. We can- insurance like that's never sexy right like it's it's way more fun to talk about like let's do real estate invest like options trading or insurance is boring um and by its nature it's boring but i really strongly believe that one of the few things that can derail um any physician's financial future is disability um life insurance is a whole nother you know ball of wax but Getting disabled is much more common for most physicians than dying young. And if you don't have adequate disability coverage, that throws your entire financial life into jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, this story is pretty personal for me, Chris, because my best friend, one of my friends from med school who I used to bike and ski with all the time, um, he got brain cancer. Gosh, I mean, it was seven or eight years out of residency so he really hadn't been in practice that long and he had a seizure while he was at work he was in the PACU he he lived for another two years before uh, he passed away from the cancer and he never worked another day he just you know as you'd imagine you know once you've had a craniotomy thing you know like you just don't have it everything quite there but what it did like watching that he was able to spend those last two years playing with his wife, playing with his friends outside in the mountains, which was like his happy place. And it really struck me because had he not had great disability insurance, mm. that whole thing would have been a whole different process, right? Yeah. It's so it's very uh it's you know, for especially for high income, you know, it protects your income, you know, from that catastrophic loss. Recently, uh the other thing is, um, and how does Greeley Wealth Management help physicians with uh, disability insurance? Does it just provide education? Um, you know, do you uh, act, actually cover it? How do you? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, in in the way that I do financial planning, like I'm only working with physicians, and I'm I'm not selling anything, so I don't sell insurance. <clears throat> but um, you know, because of my healthcare background, but especially because of my legal background. I can help people review and apply for the best policies. And <clears throat> I've found a couple agents who work primarily with physicians and they're really good at pushing um, to get those physicians the coverage that they need. And so a lot of the work I do is, you know, is finding out what people have. And I'll be honest, a lot of people, I'm always shocked, Chris, by how many people don't have any disability coverage. And I get it. It's it's really expensive, right? I mean, I know what I'm paying for disability coverage, you know, and it's several thousand dollars per year. And so I understand where people are like, well, that's just kind of hard and that seems expensive and I'm not, it's not gonna happen to me. Um, The other thing that I find a lot is I have to unwind people who have crummy coverage. And, you, you know, you talked about own occupation disability and why that's so important. I do anesthesia. And so if I got injured and I couldn't do something that allowed me to do anesthesia, I think about, you know, I mountain bike all the time, right? So if I had 
a really bad hand fracture that didn't allow me to be in the operating room, I can't do anesthesia. And if you don't have the appropriate coverage, the insurance companies will push back and say, well, you can still practice medicine. You might not be able to do anesthesia, but you can still practice medicine. So we're not paying you anything. And that's that's why that specific type of coverage is so critical for physicians to understand and to have. Uh, the other question I, you know, I read on the, um, the uh, sometimes the physician finance blogs is uh, life insurance. Where does life insurance uh, play? In a, you know, I've talked to different people outside of medicine mm-hmm. and most of the like billionaires and the centi millionaires, they, they actually, right when their kids are born, they buy life insurance because it's almost like an asymmetry. But where does life insurance play a role? Yeah, I think so. You know, the, one of the first questions that I ask people when I'm talking to them about insurance is what is your biggest asset? And, you know, some people are like, well, you know, I've got some money invested or I just bought a house. But for any, especially for early career physicians, your biggest asset is your future earnings. You know, like we've just spent all this time in medical school, all this time training in residency. So you're like, it's almost like you're all this kinetic energy, right? Like you have 10 or 15 or 20 years ahead of you of making really, really good income, but you need to protect it. And the way to think about life insurance is if there's, you know, it's quite a bit different than disability insurance in that there's a couple of questions to ask. And the first one is, is, does anyone else depend on you for income? So that could be children, that could be a spouse, that could be an unmarried partner, it could be parents you're taking care of. Um, so if anyone's dependent on you for your income, you really ought to think about life insurance. Uh, life insurance is quite a bit simpler than disability, thank goodness, because you're either dead or you're alive. So um, <laughs> it's a little bit e- like, you, you know, like there's many companies offering great coverage and you can kind of price shop in, in different ways. The other thing that I don't think a lot of young physicians understand, especially those who have big loans and, you know, the average student loan burden these days is well over 200,000. It's getting closer to $300,000, which is mind blowing. Mm. But if you die and you have federal student loans, the U.S. government does, they're very nice. They write those student loans off. But here's the kicker is that write-off is a taxable event, meaning if this if the federal government forgives, let's say, you know, $100,000 in loans, you owe taxes on that as if that was income. Um, so your estate, whoever gets your estate, right, whether that's your parents, like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not married. I don't need life insurance. I'm like, well, if you ended up dying, you'd leave this big tax bill to your parents. That doesn't seem right. And they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. You know, the other piece that we haven't talked about yet, Chris, is, you know, a lot of people put this off and there's always, you know, like I'm going to do that tomorrow, that kind of syndrome, right? The best day to get insurance is now while you're presumably young and you're presumably healthy. Um, You know, a lot of people wait until something comes up, whether it's like, you know, like a funny heart thing, or they have a back injury or a car accident. Um, you know, even myself, I had something come up on some of my blood work that I had no idea. And it ended up taking me like three years to get coverage mm-hmm. that was appropriate. So I really do encourage people to start thinking about this stuff as residents, um, which, I mean, let's be honest, we had a lot more on our plate and a lot more on our mind when we were residents. 
And that's why I like to share some of these personal stories because it really does matter. You know, we all think that this won't happen to us, Mm. but it does happen to a lot. You know, like we will see colleagues all the time. You always want to have insurance um, because it's almost like a, it's like almost like a bet on the future and you want to, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's money well spent in case of, um, and uh, the other question is, um, you know, you had, you're the niche in personal finance and you uh you know you paid off you know over 500 can student loan debt in five years and um so kind of for the younger audience out there how did you do that you know what did you do uh, and how did you manage it oh thank you that's i love that question you know i'm really fortunate in that my wife is on the same page with money and my wife is a little like I like to I like to spend on new bikes and new skis and and toys. We ended up getting married the first year I finished my and like the first year of attending. She knew that I had a lot in student loan debt and we made it our top priority to pay off that debt. And so I think what made it doable more than anything else was that we had a why. We said we want to be out of debt because we want to be able to like start building our wealth in other ways. It's really important for us in the future to be able to have better choices, to work less if we want to, to move and take a job that might pay us less. And that's hard to do when you owe 500 grand in student loans, right? Like that's just impossible. And so um, really having that commitment together helped a ton. And so we just figured out, we, you know, we looked at what it would take to pay off those, pay off that debt um, in four or five years you know, it's basically reverse budgeting. So we paid that first and then we we maxed out all of our retirement accounts that we had available. And that was quite a few because um, both of us worked in academic and then we lived off the rest. And that's still, you know, like coming out of residency, that seemed like a crazy amount of money. And, you know, the first year was tough. Like it was paying off a ton of debt, but by the year two or three, I was shocked by how much we'd saved. And I was shocked by how how little we owed in loans. And so I still remember that, you know, like physically writing that last check just to sort of do it. And it's, it's for those who are still holding student loans, it is hard to describe what a great feeling it is to pay those off. You don't realize what a burden and what a weight is until they're gone. Yeah. Then you can start, you know, using that uh, money to go towards saving and investing and no other investments you know one thing was is talking about you know when you first come out of residency you get your attending you know you spend you spend the first like one or two years just very frugally live like a resident and then you get those student loans taken care of and then you can spend the rest of your career you know working on your other financial future so um so uh yeah what's interesting is um so tell the audience about you know grilly wealth management what it is what you know, services, products it offers and um, how people can learn about you and, and follow sure. you. Yeah, I would be happy to. So, you know, it became, you know, like I said, it became really obvious that residents were clamoring for this information. So some of what we do is still go out and give lectures to residents um, and do some of the really basic fundamental stuff that I wish we had back during residency. For, you know, my primary clientele are early career attendings, you know, whether that's private practice or academic, you know, I really, I really do believe that physicians are not well served in traditional financial services because 
Hmm. Um, a lot of people want to work with us as physicians because we have a high income and we have money to invest. But almost no one understands student loan debt. Almost no one understands how profound our need is for insurance. Um, they don't really get the entire view of what it's like as a physician. And they certainly don't, don't understand the emotional impact. All this time that we spent training, <laughs> seeing people sick and dying every day, right? Like that sort of impact, missing family events, missing birthdays. Uh, they just don't get that piece. Um, they just see us as someone who makes a lot of money and will make them a lot of money. And so yeah. the most fun thing that I do, Chris, is I sit down with my clients and I know that as a physician, they're going to be able to meet all of their financial goals like a million times over. So we briefly touch on that, but really we spend the majority of our time talking about values and talking about um, purpose because I, I see my job as helping my colleagues live a life that's filled with purpose and aligned with their priorities in life. And so most of my clients, you know, like most of my clients don't want to retire early, but they do want to stop taking overnight call or give away all their weekend work or work a whole lot less, right? They, every single one of them, I said, how, how would it feel to work part-time like 10 years in and almost to a fault? They're like, you can do that. Like uh -huh. I can do that. I'm like, yeah, you can do that. Like I can give away my call. Yeah. You can give away your call. I can make my kids baseball games. Absolutely. Uh, that's the part that's super fun. And, you know, each of my clients is unique, of course, and it's really fun to help align that and almost give them permission to do the things they really want to do. Um, I mean, you know this well, like taking care of patients and training and doing all of that. We were so used to taking care of everyone else. And we go literally years with without asking, like, what do I need? Um, almost to where we feel it's selfish. And so I get to give them that permission again, which is a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you described, you know, most people don't understand the doctor's journey and it's great to have yeah. people such as yourself championing, you know, giving physicians more time freedom. And yes, I love that time freedom. You get more emotional freedom, you know, taking some of your financial freedom and moving it into the other buckets. And uh, yeah, so how can people contact you, follow you on social media, check out your website, etc.? Yeah, you you know you can uh, check out my website at Greeley. Now be in the show notes, I'm sure. I'm also at Greeley Wealth on Twitter, and then like at the website, you can sign up. You can get on my email listserv, and I I send things out to my own clients. Um, I'm usually writing every week or so, um, just a newsletter, like, and it's mostly talking about this stuff, this kind of purpose and and different kind of freedom instead of just thinking about financial wealth thinking about time wealth so that part's a lot of fun yeah i love that and time wealth is really that's kind of the most viable because you can everything <laughs> that's yeah. everything right i mean that really is like whatever you want to be doing how yeah. you spend your time is that that is your life yeah. Yeah, so, it's, like, uh, it's what we work for so <laughs> um, i totally yeah i get geeked up on that i love it so yeah, well, thanks for a great conversation. And um, for all the audience out there, uh, Coben's resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to check out Greeley Management. Also check out his articles as well, a prolific writer. And um, with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today, Chris.
Walker. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.